Garbage Film, the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we'll take this week's, uh, I will safely say, relatively trashy movie and pair it with something artier or trashier, who knows, and hope you, that you discover an unexpected new favorite or at the very least get some entertainment out of it. I am one of your hosts, I am Nick, and with me as always is the rugged adventurer to my librarian, Aaron, my co-host and partner, is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. I'm feeling rugged. Are you feeling delicate? Oh, always, yeah. Good. <laughs> You are the Rick, too. Because I never have a plan. You're always the one who's like, okay, let's just take let's four just seconds. Let's just sit and read. Yeah. And you may have guessed, probably because it's the title of this episode, that we are doing this week 1999's The Mummy. I thought the Book of Amun-Ra was made out of gold. This isn't the Book of Amun-Ra. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead. Are you sure you want to be playing around with this thing? No harm ever came from reading a book. That happens a lot around here. So what's it say? It speaks of the night and of the day. No! You must not read from the book! Or, as I saw advertised in French-Canadian all the time, La Momie! La Momie! <laughs> Which I think is a way cuter uh, name, and we should be using that one. <laughs> la momie de la momie, la roi des scorpions. <laughs> I don't know. There's scorpion. definitely a French word for that, and I'm so sorry. It's everyone like they have their own language French. or something. <laughs> it's like they're saying stuff, and I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the mummy. This I'm is so a, <laughs> a big Aaron favorite. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this when I was on a birthday party, like movie trip. Uh, that sounds, that's a weird way of saying we went to the movies for a friend's birthday yeah, I was when I was like it on 10. a bus? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you watched it in a movie, movie theater. Movie movie So you saw yeah. it in theaters then. Oh, hell yes, I did. You better believe I saw and this bitch in theaters. Not to give away your age then, you yeah. were like 10 or 11 then. Yes, I was, yeah. yeah. I think I was precisely 10, which is probably the exact perfect, perfect time yeah. to watch this movie and have it become part of your heart, yes. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean... Yeah. This is, I know that we've talked about, we have the idea of burgeoning hotties on this podcast always. This movie is just overflowing with it for everyone. This is if you picked a burgeoning hottie on purpose for each specific role. Yeah. I do think that most people were established by now, but this would be like their biggest mainstream thing probably. I I would imagine. Yeah. I can't remember when, I think George of the Jungle was before this. Yeah, so Brendan Fraser was like already on the scene. Yeah. And Stephen Summers watched George of the Jungle. He's like, that guy's perfect. And he like cast it based on that. <laughs> it's the only time anyone's ever watched George of the Jungle and thought, perfect. No, I did too. <laughs> no, so you did too. Go. Right. You and Stephen Summers. <laughs> so sorry. And you didn't go on to direct The Mummy. Why? He beat me to it. Okay. I was 13. Steven! <laughs> yes, it is a wonderful, wonderful, stupid, wonderful movie. Yes. Uh, so let's run down some of the particulars here. If you're not super familiar with The Mummy, this is directed and written by uh, Stephen Summers, mentioned already. Sure. Who I never remember anything else he has done. So. No, but I know we look him up every time. Doesn't he do Twister or something? Like something, something extremely adjacent. unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah, I was going to say Twister would be expected with the movie. Well, that feels no, like fair, a, fair, yeah. fair. 
Anyway, we'll talk about Twister in the future, probably. Oh, almost certainly. Uh, but we've got our aforementioned hotties, Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, mm-hmm. Odin Fair, Arnold Vosloo, John Hanna, Kevin J. O'Connor, or Kevin Joe Connor. Joe And uh, I feel like this keeps happening. Another score by Jerry Goldsmith. We're just running yeah. through the Goldsmiths recently. This is an accident, but it's a happy one. Yeah. This is more, this is Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, yeah. The big, sweeping, romantic, like, adventure soundtracks. Yes, not this alien bullshit. <laughs> that yeah. was very good. But, we uh, talked a lot about in the Alien episode how Jerry Goldsmith wants to do all this big romantic stuff. And, like, for this one, it was like, yes, we'll do it. Off the fucking chain, buddy. And this is in the news a lot. It was, like, the themes are by Jerry Goldsmith, but... The orchestration oh. isn't his. He had somebody do the actual music writing after he oh, came right. up with the themes, which is... But that st- person's name is in the credits. Yes, it is. And I <laughs> should have written it down be. because this is important to okay, me. Okay, well, but... let's... I'll do that. <laughs> okay, and you can, cool. Yes. Because it is, it is very good. Like, it's... There's some Orientalism oh, in, it, in would... the sense that you can't have a 90s Hollywood mm. movie about anything east of, like, Italy. That without... sum is going to break a camel's back with its weight. That's, uh... <laughs> There is quite a lot. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) For those in the know, augmented seconds are everywhere. (laughs) Cute. Yeah, losing everybody with music talk right off the bat. Okay, (laughs) let's go. Stick around, full dorks. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. I really like the score. I think it's fun and it's Mm. exciting. It's it's just like adventure movie. Yeah, rollicking adventure. Precious. You know what it sounds like when there's sand in the 90s. Yeah, you're looking at a pyramid. This is what it's going to sound like. Yeah. So while you're looking that up, I'll I'll run down some of the plot here because you know it. I know it in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all terrifically apocryphal history-wise, oh. but it's Thebes in 1290 BC. <laughs> Oh, I sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like the making of the movie, uh, apocryphal. Oh. Like, okay, I see. Yeah. In a rough retelling of some pieces of what might have been history. history. Yeah. <laughs> Thebes. Uh, it's 1290, and High Priest Imhotep has a sordid affair with Anaxuna Moon, uh, the mistress of the pharaoh. So naturally, Imhotep and Anaxuna Moon kill the pharaoh after he discovers the relationship. It's gonna happen. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, you guys don't have any doors. There's yeah. like one set of doors in this whole building, and you use people as doors. That's yeah. the thing going on. <laughs> Yeah. Just gently waving gauze curtains mm-hmm. is all you've got. Not a lot of privacy in that in that kind of space. Yep. So Imhotep takes off, and uh, Anaxuna Moon kills herself, believing that Imhotep can resurrect her because magic is real. I guess they. Well, he's the high priest. Is that? Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Okay. So there's like magic in baked in from the beginning. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's not like he's you. going to learn magic. He's just like, oh yeah, I know that spell. All right. It's a classic. Uh, so. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> Imhotep and his priests steal her corpse and travel to Hamunaptra, the city of the dead, uh, where they start a resurrection ritual, which is stopped by the pharaoh's bodyguard mid-ritual. Mm. And for his betrayal, Imhotep gets buried alive with flesh-eating scarab beetles and is very seriously cursed. Uh, <laughs> Extremely cursed. And the, uh, I think that it's the Medjai are the, like, those are the pharaoh's bodyguards, right? Medjai, yeah. They get uh, tasked with preventing his return forever so you you're making jobs it's a job creator oh good for mm, i'm hesitant to describe any pharaoh as a job creator in a non-ironic way if not them then who? Uh, true and i think that should give you an idea as to what job creation actually means and all of this gets told through a monologue uh, like yes. voiceover, which is done by Odin Fair, originally scripted for Arnold Vosloo, who's the titular of the mummy, oh. 
to say. Oh, see, that would have been cool. I but like then that. Uh, the problem, though, is that Stephen Summers realized that the mummy can't speak English. He doesn't know English. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So he yeah. kind of wrote himself into a corner on that one. <laughs> you know what? Honestly... Good for him for realizing, because I was ready to accept that whole hog. I had no reservations I went through the same thing reading. It's like, oh, why didn't they do Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. You've been looking away here. Do we know the... the no, compo- I can't find the, the arranger. That's, yeah. too, that's too bad, because it's really good. It's probably in there somewhere, but like... It's definitely in there. Seek yes. them out. It was a name I didn't recognize, but that is also... Not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. It, that itself is kind of the problem. Oh, sorry. Alexander Courage. That's Ooh, right. He had the courage to orchestrate the mummy. All right. That's enough out of you <laughs> for today. I'm hosting now. Uh, okay. Oh, I know I know this guy's name. That's right. He wrote the original Star Trek theme music. Alexander Courage. Oh. That's who it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like the original series? Original the series? original series. Oh, okay, so the, he's been working a long the time. The Star Trek music. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Sweet. He knows what's up. Anyway, nice. okay. Had to get that pin out of my brain. <sighs> okay. Well, you we talked about that at an appropriate time because we fast forward several thousand years. <laughs> there so, you go. Yeah. We're now in 1926 AD where we meet uh, Rick and Benny who are in a battle on Hamunaptra's sands. And, you know, French... Part of the French Foreign Legion? Yeah. (laughs) Which is a real jarring tonal shift. (laughs) It's not like it it does a, what are they, they pan up from where the body is buried Mm -hmm. in ancient times and then, oh, like the the statue of Anubis decays and then it it pans back down again and there's like rifles and horses, you know, people wearing military uniforms. We get colonial up in this bitch. Woo! Sorry, Egypt. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say our bad, but no, this is... France. <laughs> this is France. This one's on France. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they have a big fight. We get introduced to Benny's cowardice. It's all very fun. <laughs> I would I would be Benny. I'm very sorry to say that. Mm. Yes. No, you're Rick. We talked about this in the uh, intro. All right. You... I'm too stupid to recognize the danger. Benny is not. You have to hand it to him. He knows <laughs> Under what no the circumstances score is. do you have to hand it to Benny. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, that's what's going to get us canceled is Benny was right. <laughs> uh, so Rick also eventually has to run away. And we get the big creepy sand face, which I remember, like, that's etched in my memory forever. That was oh, such yeah? a huge trailer shot. Yes, 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 yes. For sure. I was, like, open to marketing from the age of, like, 13, 14, whatever that is. (laughs) They knew what you wanted. So, uh, yeah, he gets left alone and just wanders into the desert, never to be seen again. Question mark? (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Jonathan Carnahan presents his sister, a librarian and aspiring Egyptologist, Evelyn, or Evie, with an intricate box and map that lead to the mythical Hamunaptra. And uh, Jonathan also reveals that he stole it from an American adventurer. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is a criminal in this movie, yes, which I really personally like. Everyone's a fucking dirtbag, yeah, except exactly. Evelyn. She's the only one. This is no, like, white savior colonialism. This is no. white thief colonialism. Yeah. <laughs> and we're very upfront that it's just people stealing from other yes. people. Uh, so we go back and find who had that in the first place. It was Rick. He's in jail. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Evie and Jonathan spring him and take the warden with him, and off they go to uh, 
the bribable warden, the a bribable, classic, yeah. a classic character. I really like this guy. I forget who the actor is, but he's he's a lot of fun to watch. He was like a or was he's he's a comedian, and this was like his mm. first major breakthrough role for. Nice, good for him. Yeah, he's like an English comedian, I think, and then this was his major breakthrough role in like North America. <laughs> what a little mixed bag! Yeah, All right, it was funny. Good for him. <laughs> uh, so we get to we get the big uh, steamboat part, which has lots of fun gunplay and flirting and. Kevin O'Connor gets beaten up a bunch. (laughs) This guy's so great. He's just such a sack. Just a fucking load. We'll just keep coming back to this, I'm sure, but he's so goddamn funny. He's so funny. He is a cartoon. Yeah. It's great. There's a lot of, like, you know, 90s comedy beats in this, but I feel like he pulls it off. He's very whiny mm. and unpleasant, and it's not supposed to be, like, he's he's a ton of fun to watch. And he his, like... Pained sound effects are yeah. also great. <laughs> he's just making that noise. For... <laughs> like he's got a lot of those. <laughs> what a surprise! My good friend, you're alive! <laughs> what did you say? I don't want to tell you. You just hurt me some more. Yes. Uh, it's great. A wonderful man. Yep. Oh, I meant to mention, uh, Kevin O'Connor's, his original role was supposed to be a short, fat Frenchman. Oh. And then they cast him, and they're like, oh, that's not gonna work. (laughs) (laughs) This gangly fucking little local, So he's supposed to be a Hungarian mercenary who's hired by the French. Oh, see, that makes sense, because that's such a, like, that's why he speaks all those languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hungarian. actually a well-traveled person. Yes, good for him. Okay, I will say that he's just doing a generic European accent. (laughs) When you're here, European. Uh, Get out. What's happening to me today? I don't know. Uh, so we get our competing race to him and Aptra, which is, you know. Yeah, this is what's really funny to me about, uh, I enjoyed this about the movie where it's not a secret that only they stumble on. Yeah. There's like a boat full of people all going, this is a tourist destination. Yeah, this is when you're all on the train and you're looking around and you're like, yeah. I think we're all going to Niagara Falls. <laughs> oh, shit, wait, this are is- we all, yeah. <laughs> But if, as if Niagara, Niagara Falls were like a, a centuries old secret, yeah. like I do enjoy that about like yeah, it's not gonna. I'm sorry to say, there's some realism in the mummy, but, but there is in that sense where it's just like yeah, you're not the first white guy to discover this, you idiot. But you think it's a real but hole in the ground? You're like, yeah. oh wow, yeah, I'm real cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Blazing that trail. Yes. Anyway, blaze it. Uh, <laughs> they make it to him and Uptra. There's the cool race with the the camel. I love camel the race. like the sunset coming over, revealing the Mirage Hem and Uptra. That was very cool to a young Nick. Yeah, but, uh, I will say the the effects in this are quite good considering. Yeah. Like they they hold up in a like yeah. Obviously, they're it's obvious where their visual effects, <laughs> but they are cool. Yeah, they like the worst you cool. can say is that they have like that plasticky non real look to mm-hmm. them, but that like. Beyond very that, they're just very nicely designed and, yeah, yeah, cool shit. No, I like it. Yeah. There's one, like, uncanny bit after the mummy's alive where he's, like, mostly regenerated where I'm like, I don't like looking at this one. Is it where he takes the mask off? That's always been like, yeah. oh, that's a layer. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so we start digging. We're digging. Digging away. Digging, yeah. Yep. Uh, the Medjai show up and they're like, hey, cut it out. Stop it. Giving you, giving you 24 hours on the honor system for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, as if anyone has watches on their 
I guess, you know, if they've been issuing these warnings for several thousand years and it's always worked, then... Yeah, they've done a good job up until now. Here comes Rick to fuck it up. (laughs) So Evelyn is searching for the Book of Amun-Ra. That's what she's after. But instead she finds a mummy. (laughs) I mean, you were bound to. You were digging in in an old city. Yeah. Yeah. Ra is the sun god, so that's the life one, yes? Yep. Okay. Source of all life. So that's what she's after. Okay. But, the gold book. Yep. <laughs> but they find the black book. Uh oh. Sad face. <laughs> well, it's the yeah, it's the other uh, the American team who has their liquefied diggers get liquefied by that yeah. trap. Yeah. This whole and I know this is kind of the idea, but this whole uh, uncovering the mummy bit it feels like a theme park ride <laughs> where yeah. salt acid, like the pressure. Mm. Oh no! Like the guys behind you ate it or or whatever, and then like the bug Run. room, oh. and then the fire room. Like yeah. Oh no, bugs! Oh, no. Avoid them. Duck. The floor is lava. I do really it's like a- the mummy ride. It's it's fun. <laughs> oh, there is actual mummy mm-hmm. ride. Mm-hmm. No, there is. Yes, at at Universal. Oh well, it's the first I've heard of it. Oh well, yeah. it's fun. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to shill for them. You want to stand in line for two and a half hours? Sure, it's fun. Nah, I'm good. Anyway. Uh, so Evie gets a mummy. A gooey mummy. They describe him as juicy. Is that juicy, it? yeah. Which I would do. He's yep. very juicy. He's very juicy. Not dry enough. <laughs> Suspicious. Yeah. And so we all hang around the the campfire talking about the canopic jars that the American team finds. And... Right. This first day of digging is kind of like, okay, well, we found some stuff. Yeah. It, it's a weird energy where they're like, yeah, sort of. Okay, fine. I'm going to do the lame history thing and be like, there's a, a fun joke in here about how they're like, well, at least if you dry them out, you can use them for firewood. They're talking about the oh, mummy. Oh, yes, yeah. The, which is like we that found was a thing. jars and you found mummy. Yeah, like literally, that's where all the mummies went. That's what rich people did with mummies in the twenties. I, I have one. I can do one better. Yeah. Didn't they eat a lot of them? Yeah, they would eat the bandages. They'd like yeah. fry them up. Yeah, <laughs> so you would make mummy jerky yeah. out of like there were literally. Is this right that there were t- just too many mummies and they were just showing up in like thrift stores and shit? Too many mummies. Too many mummies coming this fall to ABC. <laughs> No, well, really, like, there were, you know, yeah, they didn't they were, know what to do with all of them, they so, were like, everywhere. I guess eat them. <laughs> what a weird instinct, but, yeah. What's that classic Empire human wood? thing? Just like, okay, we'll try burning it. Makes <laughs> for good fuel. Uses okay. up too fast, though. Eating is the next step? <laughs> you know someone, like, like, yeah, just like, like <laughs> okay, all right. Well, no, he's looking to give it a lick. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, pretty good. Salty. All right. <laughs> Jerky. It is jerky. That is technically what it is. And in that same breath, I'll say those canopic jars. I don't know why I never put this together. Those are full of Anaxunamun's organs. Yes. That's why... We see them briefly in the, yeah. the intro. That's why Imhotep wants them back so bad. Fair. You stole my girlfriend's guts. <laughs> you stole her heart, quite literally. <laughs> Disgusting. But uh, we all get drunk, as you do. And uh, Evelyn uh, reads... Oh, no, she's not drunk when she does this, is she? She's just talking about being a librarian when she's drunk. I'm getting stuff mixed up. Okay. Don't worry about it. Great. I'm going to fast forward. <laughs> and uh, she brings back a mummy from the dead. Classic issue. How does this... Oh, yeah. Okay. So they. she sees that the others have the gold book. No. The gold book is not seen until like the last 15 minutes of the movie. Oh, never uh, mind. Okay. The, they see that they... They have a book. They have the book of the dead. And yes. So she goes and steals it and right. cracks from it From the other team. 
Yeah, because she's got the the key, the fancy key that opens the sarcophagus. Yes. It opens everything yeah. in this movie. They got, like, literally the master key for, I guess, all of Egypt? Yeah. Isn't that what... It's poor design choice, I will say. <laughs> That's not secure. Yeah. That's using the same password for every single piece of technology. And we've never we know learned. not to do that. We've never learned. <laughs> Uh-huh. God, there's the fucking writing on the key just says password on it. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, basically, I had the map in there circled and underlined, like, <laughs> use this here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but they wake up a mummy. All of this beforehand is just nice, fun banter and stuff. Now we're getting the serious cute. shit. Yeah, now the mummy's awake. Yeah. And uh, begins immediately terrorizing everybody. <laughs> He's very efficient. Yeah. Bring... I mean, yeah, the last thing that happened to you was you got interrupted doing a revival ceremony and eaten by bugs. Yep. Wake up in a very poor mood and just be like, you know what? I have to get this shit done. Apparently the novelization goes into great depths about uh, he's buried alive, obviously. Uh-huh. He survives in there a long time Aww. because the scarabs only like bite a bit of him and then he eats the scarab. And then it makes this weird cycle, and that's what makes the curse, oh. like, crazy mystical. Oh, is that's this, fucked like, up! Yeah, weird feedback Ew. thing. Yeah. Okay, well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if you really think hard about any piece of this movie, it's, it's extremely disturbing. Yeah, it's real fucked up. Okay, yeah. good for him, I guess. God damn. Yeah, so uh, he's mad about it, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. He died mad about it. <laughs> the first guy to die mad about it. Uh... <laughs> and he, true to the curse that Benny had read out, or uh, the Egyptologist had read out earlier, mm. we uh, get some plagues going, and the mummy's just gonna take down everybody who stole his girlfriend's organs. Why the plagues? I feel like it's just What's a fun tie-in. <laughs> just some cross-branding. Well, at the time when he gets mummified, that's recent news, I feel like. So... <laughs> So he's sitting there like, what's in the news? What can I do? <laughs> uh, what what can plagues I tell have we done so far? <laughs> okay, so he's like, this is a manifestation of his wrath. Is that the idea? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I respect that. I think it, it's tied to the curse and less Imhotep specifically. It's like, if he comes back... Oh, no, that's what it is. For some reason, they buried him with the caveat that, like, if you ever wake up, you'll be invincible and have access to all these plagues. And Doesn't seem like a good plan. No. You should have buried him regular. I could I see know. it as, like, this is the nuclear deterrent thing of, like, no one will wake him up because oh, everyone will everyone know. Everyone knows. You're going to get locusts. But we had not yet met white people who cannot Read. save their own skins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah. And specifically the French. Apologies again to the French. <laughs> the greatest villains of all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Oh, my God. We start losing. Oh, no, I guess we don't lose too many people. We lose, like, the rest of the, the diggers and such. And one of the Americans loses his eyes and tongue. Yes. yes. It's a very, like, cannon fodder situation yes. where you're like, there's, like, 20 guys here. I don't remember that many guys in the no movie. No matter how many die, they seem to keep coming back. Yeah. I don't really get it. <laughs> and uh, Benny gets a new job. <laughs> I really like this. This is a very clever bit, knowing that he's like a Hungarian merchant and he's meant to be able to speak all these languages and like and he lives a in a port coward. city. Huge coward. And he starts praying fervently in like whatever <laughs> language he can think of. I do enjoy the like he pulls out the cross first and you're like, oh, he's like yeah. turning to God in his final moments. No, he's just going to cycle through the key ring here and, and see what he gets. He's muttering under his breath like, no, not that no, one. No, no, it's no good. Okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know what? Okay. <laughs> 
And then he goes for Hebrew. Yeah. And there you have it. The language of the slaves. Imhotep is a bad man. I take umbrage at the idea that Imhotep would bother learning the slave's language. Uh, Yeah. You'd have an interpreter, yes? Probably, yeah. Unless people like, did Egyptians speak more languages? A lot of the port, the big port cities were there back then. I it's don't so know. hot during the day. Just gonna <laughs> sit around and learn a language. You're just gonna listen to people whine about yeah. <laughs> I assume he only speaks slave version though, which <sighs> is just like, ow, my feet hurt. Ow, hungry. Why? Ow. No. Like that's all he knows how to say. Yeah. Another one died. That's yeah. That kind of. <laughs> Yep. Mm. The body is over there is pretty much his. Well, that's what he's about to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's continuing the work. Yes. So uh, Benny now works for La Momie. He sure. <laughs> La Momie. La Momie. He sure do. And uh, we get some plagues. We get some escaping going on. I have like. A real rampage. Just watched this. and <laughs> It's just a real whirlwind of like fun adventures. How do they leave Hemunaptra? What even happens? They. It, he doesn't really like. He kind of plays it cool. Okay. They, they take off. They've got the camels and whatever. Oh, camels, they, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. the locusts come first, and yeah. so they, like, hightail it out of there, and, and the mummy is planning. He's got a few bodies to feast on before he gets going. He's not very strong. Uh, yeah, he's real slow. Yep. A classic mummy. Yes. <laughs> they get to, I assume it's Cairo? I forget. Yeah, it's Cairo. Yeah. Yeah. And our Rick, Evie, and Jonathan meet uh, Ardeth Bay at the museum, who I don't think we ever see his name except for credits. No, he's <laughs> never named in the movie. Yeah. yeah. But our lead Magi guy. Yes. Um, who ironically let Rick wander into the desert. Mm-hmm. The battle, they were watching that battle at Hamanopter in like the 20s. <laughs> he was like, don't worry, like he'll die in the desert. Never assume. No, yeah. Never assume the desert's going to take one. You got to cross every T, dot every I, <laughs> kill didn't... every Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> just do it for us all. I uh, just realized that battle at Hamanopter, the, the first one where we like see young Rick or yep. whatever, T. Lawrence is out there somewhere in the <laughs> desert. That's that's what that timing is, yes? Am yeah, I? Yeah, I think so. Maybe, or no, maybe a little late. Delayed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I can't remember Lawrence of Arabia years now, but pr- pretty close. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah, no, that's funny. Okay, anyway, sorry. Please continue. Uh, anyway, Artis tells them yes. that uh, Anaxuna Moon is probably getting re- resurrected. He's like, hey. You this, fucked up. This guy's a real wife guy. <laughs> Aww. The first guy to die mad about it, and the first, like, solid wife yeah. guy. In, yeah. in written history, yep. <laughs> so he's going to sacrifice, he's planning to sacrifice Evie. We're putting this all together, we got yes. the clues. Yeah. Uh, and Evie believes that the Book of the Dead brought Imhotep back to life, so if we find that Book of Life, the one that I really wanted. The, the gold <laughs> one, the shiny book. We should be able to kill him, and it's probably back in Hemineptra. Let's go all the way back. Just doing loops. Lots Excuse of round trips. Me. No. Yeah. <laughs> and Rick uh, is not having with that. And uh, we just, we work through that. I'm always amazed at how quickly Imhotep works through that uh, American crew. <laughs> he, he goes through them. Yeah. yeah. They're, they've been out in the desert for a while. They're probably not very juicy. Not a lot of, not a lot of meat there, yeah. you know? <laughs> doesn't leave him feeling full. He's yeah. got to go back. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. You eat an American. Two hours later, you're hungry again. <laughs> you know. 
Uh, but we get some great stuff and all that. The like the he's scared of kitties. That's a good part. I love that. Yeah. I know this is such a like Egypt for ten year olds, yes. but it is a very like oh yeah right like the Book of the Dead or like the Coptic jars or like Coptic jars. Pardon me. And the and the kitties. <laughs> the kitties are the guardians of the underworld, and so he's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going back. He's basically seeing a, a, a fucking prison guard come up to him like, oh no, this is a parole officer. <laughs> Fuck off. Can't take me back. Yeah. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We're segueing directly into. I want to say the bodyguard. Nope, the, the fugitive. The fugitive. Close, yeah. yes. um, <laughs> speaking of '90s movies that we watched too much when we were kids. La fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get Rick overhanding a chair at Benny. I love that. It is. That is so the funny. single funniest fucking moment in the movie. Yeah. There's there's a lot of contenders, but he just. <laughs> Picks up a whole ass chair. Such a good wind Overhands up. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's cut so funny too. Like something about then it. Then he goes flying. And it's we get great. a real song. <laughs> for I think it's that he's already running and so it just takes his momentum and just yeah. hucks him across the room. Uh, Bless those so two. So great. Um, Rick, really, Rick's a problem solver, a very he direct. Is very direct. Yeah. Yes. Whatever is at hand, I'm going to throw it at that guy because he's annoying me. <laughs> but uh, eventually, Ahotep fully regenerates. He gets an army of slaves because that's what he knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buddy, you got you to gotta get up to date here. Yep. And uh, everybody goes back to Hamanaptra. We're. Uh, Scooting back there in a biplane and yes. our suicidal RAF guy. <laughs> Evie takes a real big risk. She's like, okay, well, he needs me alive for now. That could buy you the time you need to, like, get back there, find some way to kill him, whatever. And so they have to get, yeah, back to the city with no camels or, or like, possessions and mm-hmm. just have an RAF guy hanging out reliving his glory days poor Winston drunk off his ass and he clearly fucking hates that the war is over he wishes he's he died in battle like a lot of this movie is very dark yeah. and shouldn't be thought about this guy too, is drinking through his PTSD yes basically. yeah but he doesn't know how to like he's British and they only know how to stiff up her lip it and yep. god damn so this I'll guy's life desert with my gramophone and Drink my ass off. That's a great shot. He's just out there with like one guy with a leaf palm, you know? (laughs) Listening to his huge gramophone on a sand dune. Just as British as you can get. (laughs) So Uh, he's like, fuck yeah, I'll take a suicide mission. And he does, and he dies happy. Big smile on his face. Bless his heart. Yep. Thank you, Winston. Thanks, Winston. I'm saluting the microphone. Yep, we Uh, can tell. Uh, and we, uh, yeah, meet back up with Imhotep, who's gonna do that summoning, and we get a big old action sequence with loads of mummies yeah. everywhere, and just, yeah, it's a great old this, time. This, I think, is where it starts to be like, ah, CGI, yes. yes. And okay. I, there's a really interesting reason why none of this is mocap. Like, none of oh. those mummies are mocap. It's so CG, but really? they're all added after effects. Okay. That's just Brendan Fraser swinging a sword around on his own on camera. Oh, good for him. Which is like, he really commits so well. Yeah, because you can see where the impacts are supposed to be. Just so over-choreographed, but it's it's great. And he's got nothing to push back against. And like, you know what? Good. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, there's only like one or two stuttery parts that feel like, Mm. oh, he's not quite in the right frame and like gravity (laughs) isn't working the right way. But it's done so well otherwise that like it totally shoots me off my feet. I know. (laughs) Yeah, considering it was 1999, quite quite good job. Effect yeah. yeah. So like we're not. I think mocapping only really starts in the next couple of years after this. Does it? Yeah. Okay. 
At least in the way that, that we do it now. That we use it now. Yeah. I don't know why I assumed that CG, like full CG, would have come in after mocap. But I guess that's yeah. less complex technology, right? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I assume based on the trajectory of all this. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. well, CG artists, weigh in. I'm <laughs> I'm very curious about this now. Yeah. Anyway. I just think it's like, it's, it's so impressive, the just the performance that Brendan Fraser's putting on. Oh, he is, there is no, there's nothing that he's in that he's not absolutely given it. Yeah. Nothing, so yes. Bless his heart. Mm-hmm. We've always we've always appreciated Brendan Fraser, and not yes. just because he played Dudley Do Right. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> uh, we try not to think can about con, that part. Can con, <laughs> we have to like it. Anyway. But it all works out. They make him Hotep more Erdral, and they stab him in the belly. Yeah, give him another belly button. <laughs> and... That's such a brutal death, dude. You don't just get summoned back to the underworld or whatever. That happens, and then I'm going to rip your guts out. Cool. <laughs> and then he dissolves in the, the pool. It's like a real reverse Terminator, too. <laughs> you don't get a thumbs up bye-bye. You get a no. big frown bye-bye. You melt. get a... Yeah. <laughs> and are those... The the pool that he drowns in is, like, made of souls? Because he summoned yeah. Anoxunamun's soul from it. I don't know if that's, a, like, a just a... We just got a well here, and then when we mm. add magic, souls, souls come out. Or if it's pure soul. Is there something in, like, ancient Egyptian religious custom that, like, pools I feel like are well important? of souls is, is a classic mythological thing. I don't know if it's specifically yeah. Egyptian. It's like no, that's probably a Greek. Hades thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all right. Egyptologists, weigh in. <laughs> Calling all CGI and Egyptologists. <laughs> you have to be both. If you're, yeah, if you're in that Venn diagram crossover, we want to hear from you. God, yes. Uh, and then Benny sets off a booby trap and uh, all die. Crushes the whole city. <laughs> That's a, like a lot of, like, I feel like maybe safety was not the biggest concern. Like, the, it feels like a lot of the, the cast is nearly crushed to death. Like, it feels real close. It feels, yeah, like you almost didn't make it out. Yeah. I, I learned I was claustrophobic watching this movie. <laughs> what a way to find out. Mm. Or I don't know, is cla- like, I think everyone with a working brainstem is afraid of being crushed to death. I don't yeah. know, maybe that's just me. But yeah, the idea that like, You'd have to squeeze through something where, like, at any moment it could, like, seize up mm. and you wouldn't be able to keep moving. <laughs> blah, blah. No, thank you. Too scary. Too much. This, the bugs crawling under the skin. Yeah, this is a real, like... This is a fucking horror show. Yeah, lizard brain. Yes. Gonna get you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all presented in such it. a nice, like, clean adventure package as opposed to a totally. horror package. Yes, yeah. it's very like, oh no, our heroes just got away from the, insert horrifying fate here. Yeah, <laughs> The soul-consuming mummy. <laughs> that guy just gets his tongue sucked right out. And his eyeballs. Uh, but our trio escapes and Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss kiss. John Hanna tries to kiss a camel and there's lots <laughs> of treasure. <Despite. laughs> yes. And away we go. Ta-da. I do like that in the end, nothing can stop the white people from making off with <laughs> Nothing can stop treasures. some white people. Yeah, true, yeah. From raiding a tomb. Even accidentally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's. It's just, that's the arc of the universe, my friend. So sorry. Yeah. Ta-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da. The Huge mummy. Egypt music. It's a ton of fun. It's so great. Yeah. It's very, like, it's it's so hokey 
and silly, but everyone is so committed to it that you kind of can't help liking their performances. Oh, yeah. Like, it just, it's one of those, I feel like we say this on the podcast a ton, but they are all having such a good time, and it translates to screen so well. It really does, yeah. Like, everyone has good chemistry, they're not, like... I feel like everyone is making decisions that they would make, like, crucially mm-hmm. for the adventure you know, discover a hidden secret type of thing. Everyone is actually making human decisions. Yeah. Like, Rick is a big, dumb himbo, but his <laughs> thing is to, like, oh, there's something I can't beat. I'm fucking off to the other side of the globe. He's I not shot like it the in the pelvis hero. with a shotgun yeah. and just coming back? No, I'm done. I have no more, no more solutions. Pelvic shotgun is my, my finisher. I gotta... <laughs> oh, yeah. I got nothing else. I'm sorry. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm packing and leaving. And Evelyn is like, no, like we have this insane resource that no it's one has. So like, cool. It's so cool. So archaeological. <laughs> and so she kind of wants to go back and like, I like it. I yeah. feel like nobody is doing dumb decisions where you kind of have to roll your eyes and be like, okay, I guess for the sake of the plot, you know. There is a know. bunch of like. I feel like it does a lot of the opposite of what we talked about in Alien last week, where there's a lot of like. Evie, as you know, I came here to be a guy who does <laughs> yes. lots of Egypt and steals from people and makes rich. And you came here to be a librarian, and yeah. that's why we are two different people like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have to get... I wonder if this... Maybe you might be segueing into this, but like, The Mummy, 1932 or whatever it yeah. is. The, is that right? Yeah, got him um, one. Got him, get it. Okay. The property, I wonder if people were expecting like a continuation or a remake of that specific property. And so you kind of, maybe you have to be a little bit like, hello, you don't know us, but mm. I am Evelyn and I am Jonathan. And, you know. Well, I don't know because I, I, I was going to mention briefly that like, I know I didn't know for the longest time that this is a technically a remake it's of the nineteen thirty two. the property, yeah. Yeah, like, not a remake. Yeah, it's part of the the Mummy cinematic universe. Our various mummies. TMCU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TMCU. But it's, it's, yeah, it's based on that original 32 Mummy, which right. the only thing that it has in common really is vague resurrection yeah. and there's the core of the... Resurrected mummy recognizes his ancient love in the heroine and right problems ensue. Yeah, <laughs> and then bad. Yeah, it's a vague magic. Yeah, because in the original The Mummy from 32, the like same idea, they read from the Book of the Dead, mummy comes to life. Yeah. But right. the mummy isn't like a mystical horror thing. No, he's, he's just a, a dude. guy. Yeah. <laughs> He walks around and attends parties. Yeah. Like, like openings at the museum every, or whatever. People are like, man, he looks very dry. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> he's sure rich. Craggly, yeah. <laughs> he has a lot of mysterious coins. Yeah. What an interesting accent you have. Yeah. Like that level of like, well, he's just from here. He's wearing a fez. Yeah. yeah. That's about as crazy as it gets. Yeah. And Boris Karloff, who plays the mummy, yes. he had a lisp. So that like had a really distinctive voice for the time. Yes. It's, yeah. I remember hearing Karloff speak for the first time because I was just like, oh, Frankenstein. And, oh, man, that guy's voice is wild. Yeah. Not what you would expect. Also, I enjoy you saying, Karloff speaks. It feels very, <laughs> put it in a tagline. <laughs> Karloff speaks. <laughs> yeah, so it, it technically is, like, I don't think I knew this until like two or three years ago, which they have the same title. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess you can't really get away with that unless it is supposed to be related. <laughs> I don't know there's really no reason you need to know. Yeah, it works it is, 100% on its own. Yeah, just based on the idea of what if a guy was a mummy and it's spooky. <laughs> yeah. 
what if a mummy <laughs> have fun with that kids yeah so this is one of our like old universal properties in our halloween nice. episodes we talked about some universal stuff i love i loved yeah. it yeah and i'm gonna go out there and say i prefer this one <laughs> i have a real soft spot for the old mummy like it's not very it's interesting but it's not very interesting yeah i don't know how to explain it it's got that thing of like we're discovering that we can make people conceptualize an idea yeah like we're putting a new thing on camera for the first time that like <laughs> you yeah. don't have to like write an intertitle that says and then the mummy ate a cat or whatever yeah, like it there's is an that... arrow pointing to him yeah <laughs> this <laughs> bing, is the bing, mummy bing. yeah yeah I honestly, I, I really like the original Mummy, but I like this. Knowing the original Mummy and then seeing this is like, ah, yes, your directive was to make it modern. Yes, like, yes. modernize the shit out of it. Which, and I think they do a great job of not being like, the Mummy's a guy with a cell phone or whatever. It's that <laughs> the Mummy is the same guy. Now you're picturing the Mummy with a cell phone, right? Yeah. Sell all my stonks. Yeah. He... Invest in bandages. <laughs> <laughs> Sell the scarabs, scarab portfolio, too weak. Um, he's the same guy, but now a modern universe is discovering the old mummy. Yeah. I, well, I like that. Modern, it's, it takes place in the well, same time as the original mummy. No, that's mummy. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. I always forget that part. Because <laughs> they do the, like, it's very bantery in terms of, like, in the way that 90s movies yeah, are, right, where you're right. like, that's not how people talk. Like... <laughs> Rick would not have turned to uh, <laughs> Rachel Weisz and gone, mummies, and like, mugged at her. <laughs> so stupid. It earns that moment, I feel like. It but does. I it's feel after like... he just kicked a bunch of mummy asses, like, <laughs> very dramatically, and then he just, <laughs> to <Mummies>. camera. <laughs> what are you going to do? That's how he says it, too. Mummies. <laughs> Who wrote this okay no i don't know if this is a case where it actually earns it or we watched it when we were kids and we're just like it's funny then <laughs> that's and great. therefore funny now. i think it's extremely funny that he would do that he has no there's no one-liner for this you're not you know this is new but while we're talking about all the studio stuff they were trying to make a new the mummy since like 1990 oh. and this went through like scores and scores of people trying oh. it so like george romero took a shot <laughs> Uh, I think I think Ridley Scott took a shot. I think I'm right in saying that. The famous one is that Joe Dante was like almost got it off the ground. He got as far as casting, and Daniel Day Lewis was going to be the mummy. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Which okay. that's an insane combination, and I would have yeah. loved to see that. But a lot. Who do of you this... think would have killed who first? <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis absolutely would murder Joe Dante. I'm right? picturing just like Daniel Day Lewis methoding his way into being the mummy, but like a, a Gremlins version of the mummy, where he's just like pranking everybody constantly, yeah. and he's popping people's heads off like melons. <laughs> just... Oh God! But a ton of the stuff that Dante wrote is what makes it into this, like all the bug stuff and like oh, the really sure. B horror things oh, nice. come into here. Yeah. See, that's why it's not too cool for itself. It doesn't no. have that remake thing of like, but we're gonna make it look good now. No, fuck that. Toss that out. <laughs> Do not do that. We will be able to tell. Yeah, this movie is thriving based on people having fun and the chemistry of, yeah. of everybody wants to watch Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz kiss. Like, yes, that's... put hot people in your movies. I'm begging you to just put sweaty hot people in your movies. Let them have swords. That's yeah. all I want. Give them swords. Give yeah. Rachel Weisz a sword. 
<laughs> Hashtag <laughs> this campaign. Uh, and I also just wanted to mention that Kevin O'Connor, based on his uh, the way he ran on the flying monkeys from the Wizard of Oz, that's <laughs> it is so distinctive and it dumb. It does feel like his forearms are too long. <laughs> like he's got strings attached to his forearms that yeah. are pulling his knees. <laughs> up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when he hightails it out of there in that first battle, it is a little bit of like, did a cartoon character design this <laughs> run? Yeah. We'll draw Kevin J. Joe O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reflexively say Kevin Joe Connor. <laughs> Kevin Joe Connor. Sorry, buddy. That's your name now. Yep. Danny. Um, but it probably doesn't surprise you to know that I brought up a couple, I brought three different segments of stuff for today. Oh, gracious. All yeah. right. So first off, uh, as we like to do, a short injury and destruction roundup. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot here, but, uh, apparently there's, so Brendan Fraser gets hung in the prison scene and Uh-oh. we're watching it happen and all that. And like, wow, how did they do it? They just hung Brendan Fraser. I'm begging you to stop hanging your movie stars. He stopped breathing, uh, passed out. He had to be resuscitated on the scene. Wait, so there was no harness or anything like they have? There might, I guess there might have been. I oh. couldn't find anything written down that there was. Jesus fucking He definitely Christ. almost choked to death. Oh, God. But, uh, he goes very purple. Yeah, because he's dying. <laughs> cool. But uh, according to Brendan Fraser, the way that the scene went was Stephen Summers was standing behind him. And uh, he said, okay... Well, are we already we're already? He said to Bryn Fraser, look good, don't die, and then shoved him. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Stephen Summers knew what he was doing. Uh-huh. So, there's that. <laughs> and uh, apparently, when uh, Bryn Fraser is whipping Kevin Joe Connor around the Egyptologist, like throwing the chair at him and all that. Right, right. He was actively wailing on him. Oh, no. So, uh... There's some real, like, hits. Like, Freddy's yeah. spine hits the hits a dresser real hard. Yeah, and, and, like, the way he's running and everything, you know his spine's not doing great anyway. No. <laughs> um, it's just a curly straw in there, I don't know. The only reason I'm mentioning this is because in everything I found, he, like, he got bruised and had to be bandaged and all that. Not that odd. Sure. But there was special notice given to how sore his nipples were. What the fuck? They had to, like, ice his nipples a ton to, like, get him back ready to go. Like, I don't know what... What are you what... guys doing to him? <laughs> Like, this is in... Are you milking him? Inter- What's going on? <laughs> it's in his interviews. It's, uh, like, written in, like, the logs from the day. It's so weird. It's such a weird specific. I'm like, what were you guys doing? You know the union rep had, like, a couple of complaints. Like, huh. Fraser keeps nerpling O'Connor. <laughs> Actually, I would not be surprised to know. <laughs> it's great. Keeps nerpling giving him wet willies. <laughs> keeps pointing to his chest and saying what's there and there's nothing there but he hits him in the nose every time there's never anything there i'm going crazy the horror (laughs) okay i i can confidently say this is our first destruction and injury roundup involving nipples yeah it is yep yeah i had to cross-reference but it's true (laughs) okay Thank you for your research. And with that, I'd love to welcome you to Camel Corner. It's time for some camel facts. <laughs> so, Brendan Fraser's camel was named Barney. Barney. And all the camels Great hated camel Kevin name. J. O'Connor. That Yay. one scene where he's tugging on the camel to run yeah. with him, that was he's supposed to just pull the camel off camera. None of that's supposed to be happening. <laughs> All of the camel behavior is just what the camel was doing. They all hated Kevin J. O'Connor. And that's been Camel Corner. Thanks for coming to the corner. (laughs) I have to assume all these start with K. Yes. Camel Corner. But there's only two. Yep. Nope. That's it. Cut it off.
And that's been another episode of Camel Corner. <laughs> As you'll definitely remember, our well-established Camel Facts yep. segment. That's great. You watch. That's going to come back at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. So, Bless. Uh, Did they, like, spray him down with something? No. Like, some that, kind, it is that's purely... just natural camel hatred. Yep. How they reacted to him. They're like the geese of the desert, yes? Yes. Yeah. They're too big. Their necks are weird. Yeah. They will hiss and spit on you. <laughs> yep. They hiss. They spit. They hate you, personally, at all times. They look set up wrong. <laughs> Very miscellaneous yeah. sort of connector. They're yeah. too big. They're just too big. Yeah. This is the thing about the geese is they're always bigger than you think they're going to be. Yeah. And camels, too, I feel like if you try and get onto a camel, you're like, okay, well, a ladder. All right. Yeah. You they're not to, horses. You have to they're climb on a horse to get onto a camel. <laughs> yeah. It's you, a whole it, series. They goes hate pony, it. donkey, horse, camel. <laughs> donkey. Don't involve donkeys in this. They're sweet. They are sweet. Every other animal you named, horrible animal. <laughs> uh, and lastly, I wanted to mention uh, just a little, like, a cute writing fact about, mm. uh, so the Carnahans, Evelyn and Jonathan. That's a reference. That is a reference hmm. to Evelyn Carnarvon. Oh, I can't do this with name. Carnarvon. 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 Who is the was the daughter of the famous Egyptologist who bankrolled the expedition to the Valley of the Kings in the twenties? Ah. Uh, yeah, okay. and that he's the guy that paid the. People who found King Tut's tomb and opened King oh, Tut's tomb. Okay. Yeah, which is very interesting. The so this is the daughter nice. of George Edward Stanhope Molyneux Herbert, fifth Earl of Carnarvon, <laughs> Lord Porchester. I blacked out like four names into that. I only have one of those in me. I can't do it again. <laughs> That's totally fair. I'll just rewind. Huh. Oh, so this is like, this is Earl money. Yes. Okay, all right. Who he was like an illegitimate bastard who got paid off in order to keep his mouth shut about royalty. Oh, so like, good for him. Yeah, so like he came get, by get paid, the honest way. <laughs> Blackmail. Blackmailing a rich person. Yeah. Good for him. Um, God damn. Oh, that's so cute, though. Okay, so Evie's backstory is like, yeah, her father was an Egyptologist. Yeah. So now I'm I'm like, yes, he was the original guy who opened the mummy's tomb. Pretty much, yeah. He, in the he, original, like, movie. That's what I'm, yeah, I'm going with. That's, that's more or less. But okay, I, okay. Howard Carter was the guy who opened the tomb. But, right. like, he's the guy that got Howard Carter there and, like, got him going on it and all that. That's um, so funny. And that's in 1922 that they opened King Tut's tomb. Right, right. Uh, and in 1923, uh, oh, 1922, they're like digging and like they find the tomb. Sure. Okay. Um, in uh, 1923, I could have some of my history wrong here, so forgive me, but uh, mm. I'm there's not gonna call you on it. a famous fiction novelist, uh, Marie Corelli, who wrote a very colorful letter that was published in the New York World newspaper. Uh-oh. Uh, it warned of all sorts of poisons and traps left in the tombs uh, that safeguarded the pharaohs. In that letter, she uh-huh. claims to have warned Lord Carnarvon before he opened... It sounds like a robot. <laughs> Carnarvon! Before he opened the tomb that there would be dire consequences of, like, biblical proportions if he opened the tomb. She warned him? Yeah. That it was like, don't. Who is this? Woman? She's, this is back when, oh, we're famous. We move in the same circles. We all go to the, the oh, estate. Oh, oh, okay. All yeah. right. I thought it was just like a rando submitted a. Okay. No, they, right. they, they know each other. And like other gotcha. people, who knows if this is true, other people corroborated, like, yeah, I saw the letter that said, don't do it. Don't open it. <laughs> okay. But all then right. they cracked it open. Yep. Um, but uh, two weeks after the letter was published, Lord Carnarvon died. 
of <laughs> a mosquito bite that rapidly progressed into an acute case of blood poisoning that took him like within a day. He was done. Oh Christ! Yeah. So people are like, "Oh shit, that's real." Oh, you're gonna yeah, you're <laughs> gonna get a curse rumor going. So this is what began not so much began but popularized the idea of the curse of the pharaohs. Okay. Or the mummy's curse, which became a huge fad, as we may or may not all know. But it's what makes the original the mummy come around. Yeah. This is like right, right, the right, thing right. that kicks off all this. Egypt's scary oh, mystical. There's, uh, yeah, hidden secrets. Yeah, so that's uh, okay. What in turn obviously informs this movie. So I like that there's this cute little. We'll name the the main character after them. And uh, Lord Carnarvon also has another claim to fame in the entertainment in- industry. Um, obviously, huge part of getting mummy stuff going. Yes. But his castle is High Clear Castle, which is Downton Abbey. So oh, that's the, cute. Okay. It's also a bunch of used for a bunch of other things, but. He got hella paid. Yeah, well, he's Good dead. Good for him. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to have a house like that. Yes. yes. Oh, he hella yeah. paid through black yeah. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah. So okay. Uh... I honestly wondered, yeah, I, I so like more of a, I always thought of the the mummy's curse as like a, a the exorcist situation where, mm. like, there just happened to be, like, a, a couple of unfortunate deaths and people were like, oh, my God, it's the, you know. Yeah. But, no, that makes total sense of, like, yeah, you're out. I mean, Carnarvon. These were all explorer types, right? So, yeah, you're yeah. out, you're getting weird diseases because you don't know what you're walking into. Yeah. And, like, the salt acid thing in The Mummy 1999 is very, I love that because it's like, yeah, you don't know. Like, this shit has just been sitting for 6,000 years yeah. or whatever. You don't know what you're getting. <laughs> like, there, there could just be, honestly, like... At the time, harmless mold that now will kill you dead. Well, there's... You don't know. I don't know what the science of it is, but, like, opening a hermetically sealed area, Mm. the air will be... Like, if you go in too fast, like, you can't breathe the air in there, so you'll die of suffocation. Oh, shit. That is something that (laughs) does happen... So there's your curse. Like, oh, he yeah. walked in and he... Like, they no, dropped you dead. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> there's no fucking air in there. You're walking under the surface of the moon. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah. So Very that, cool. That, uh, I just like that little... Because I feel like they, the naming is so specific that like it's got to feel like a little link to those in the now. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. Thank so you that's... for your mummy facts. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and with that, I would uh, love to hear. I know you love this movie so much. I do. Tell I me about it. your love of this movie. I just love. It. I I I have this like I associate it with like purple Slurpee, like grape <laughs> Slurpee, and you know you get your you put a Twizzler straw in the Slurpee. Like this is where that movie lives. To me, is mm. just like unabashed fun movie going experience. Yeah. Popcorn smell, you know, and. It just, it, it really does, the effects are, are considerably better than I remember them, which is very funny to me. And we've the, only watched the, the second one, I've only seen it once, and yes. they are considerably worse it's than this weird, one. It's a weird, yeah, it's a very weird, like, this franchise, who even knows? <laughs> there was one with Jet Li, right? Like, yeah. The Rock and then Jet Li were both in it, and I, I don't even know. I, I think it's just such a lovely, like, pure little action-adventure thing, yeah. where... Now, if you made this movie, you would have to be like gritty and. Well, they and, made like, this movie. Again. Oh fuck! That's right. I forgot <laughs> about that. 
Oh, in my so head, it's bad. a fake movie. It feels like it. Yeah. Well, there's the the only memory I have of new the mummy is mm. uh, the trailer that they released, but they didn't put any of the fucking music <laughs> or dialogue in it. So it's just Tom Cruise going. Uh, no. Oh, uh, ah. Wind. Oh. <laughs> it's just wind sound effects and Tom Cruise in a plane that's crashing. Yeah. It's very it's funny. So to watch. funny. Look it up. It's, it's the best. No, it, it definitely feels like a 30 Rock joke where, like, mm. we're going to make the mummy, but gritty. Or and whatever. this time, like, she's sexy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, how far we've fallen. Yep. I hesitate to say that 1999 was the best movie <laughs> year, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's a good movie year. There's a lot it's of... It's a solid year for movies. insane grab bag of stuff coming out that year. <laughs> we tried everything <laughs> that year. Every well, we thought Y2K thing. was coming. We had That's to get true. all our mummy movies Get all out. your movies out. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Last chance for movies. Last call. Yeah. I love it because it really is like, it's A, the characters so lovable. Mm. You love them. Mm-hmm. There's... Not a single not good looking person in the cast. Like you make the argument like Benny is like scrawny, but he's like charming in that way where you're like, ah, kids. Yeah, you. even like the people that are like not quote unquote attractive are just like crazy distinctive looking. Yes, yeah. they've got wonderful faces. You want to hug them. Mm. Um, yeah, all the characters so good, and they don't do bullshit, stupid character stuff, which I take umbrage with a lot. And I mm. take a lot of umbrage in this episode, mm. but I'm taking it again. Crossing um, that umbridge. Uh, it's an umbridge too far. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I take umbridge with this. Um, yeah, they make they make real people decisions, and I, I feel like that just cements them as characters so well. Mm. And they're like really trying their best, which is quite honestly not that good. <laughs> but together they can solve the problem, you know? Yeah. They all know like a little piece of like they're a good crew together and you know. I like that. Yeah. They all feel like real people, and that's that's very charming to me. But, like, cool and exciting They're real the people. They're the real people you want to, like, I wish I knew them. Like yeah, that. totally. <laughs> I wish they were my friends. Oh, yeah. one other thing I forgot to mention just on this, the um, Omed, or uh, Oded Fair. Um, Oded Fair, yeah. Who plays uh, lead Majai, Ardeth Bay. He's supposed to die in the movie. Oh. But Steven Summers like, no, he's too handsome. Oh, <laughs> Good for you, buddy. He also was supposed to be covered in tattoos. Uh, oh, yeah. To be very, like, oh, Mystical. foreboding. Uh, but again, Steven Summers is like, no, he's too handsome. I can't you gotta show that, that pretty face. face. Ah, <laughs> oh, Steven, bless yeah. your heart. You know what the people want. Yep. Yeah, that's great. He is truly a burgeoning hottie because he wasn't really in much before this. So oh, fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. He just reminded great. me of, like, people you wish you knew because that's everybody was just so charmed by everybody. Yeah, exactly. This. Just a cesspool of charm. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. It's There's genuinely some, like, I think my favorite thing about the movie is they fuck it up. Not in a, like, oh, no, you oh, released yeah. the mummy. They had it wrong the whole time. Their whole, like... Evelyn's looking for the wrong book and like they they are going out there based on incorrectly interpreted information mm-hmm. which just happens a shit ton in archaeology and like historical yeah. you know yeah you don't speak that you're not a native speaker like you don't know the context and the so like learning putting yourself in the context and like seeing how these traps play out and how the the mythology is kind of formed around this like scary mummy and like then they can sort of piece together oh this is what it's actually supposed to be and this is where the book we actually need 
now I understand where they would have buried it. Like, it's just yeah. cool. It's just like, they fuck it up, and then they learn, and they go back and <laughs> fix their mistake. You know what? You just unlocked a thing in my brain where... A lot of, I don't know if this is criticism, but a lot of people are like, oh, The Mummy is just trying to be the 90s version of Indie, Anna Jones. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, part of the charm of Indiana Jones is that he's constantly fucking up. No, exactly. So yeah. they he's do doing that right science, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I feel like a lot of the ripoffs try to be like, oh, and everybody knows that Indiana Jones is, like, the smartest guy in the room. Totally perfect and infallible, and this is what I enjoy about the, like, there's, like, 48 people all on this boat who are going to the same place because they all found the same <laughs> map or whatever. It's not like the one special hero stumbled on the secret. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. such a like more down-to-earth version of it. Can't believe I'm saying that about the mummy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Down to sand version of it? Under yeah. the earth? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's a long timeline. Anyway, so that's my thoughts. That's yeah. why I love it so much. I just love how much you love this movie. Thank you. It puts you. such a huge smile on your face. I think you can tell, dear listeners, whose idea it was. To <laughs> we all like movies here, so it's all good. <laughs> yes. So, over to you. Sweet. Well, I don't... This is one of those things of, like, I feel like there's so much going on that I got nothing to grab onto. <laughs> That's totally fair. I just really like... You know what I like is it just... With all of the big plague stuff... Yes. It's got... I don't know if this is just, I don't know a lot of the other movies like it, but it there's this, like, the idea of the elemental monster as opposed mm, to, like, sure. an individual yeah. that is so neat and cool to me. Like, all the cool magic yeah. going on in here is very inventive, and, like, that's the stuff that I remember, like, him becoming a sand tornado is <laughs> Sand so tornado cool. is a classic. Classic. Yeah, they brought it back for the second movie. That's so good. <laughs> and, like, he's trying to eat that biplane at one point, and then it cuts back to him, and he has to make the face that he's making to be yeah. the face in the sand. It's just, like, all <laughs> he's these... He's mo-capping the sand. Yeah, exactly. he, yeah. <laughs> And you called this in the while we were watching the movie. He adjusts pretty well to the idea of flying machines. Yeah. He's got it. He he's... understands. I feel like, though, that he's just like, yeah, I can do sand tornado. They can do flying. Sure. So we're sure. all... We all got our own kind we of We all magic. have powers. <laughs> Treasure. But that's what's, that's the thing that I remember more than anything is that nice. obviously the comedy of it is all very funny. I love a good rollicking adventure. But that's the <laughs> thing that like separates it for me. You know? Yeah. Well, it's got that like the original mummy is a guy. He's yeah. a dude who goes to a museum. And he's rich for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. He's got treasure. It's fine. <laughs> but this is very much more like... You disturbed something that's part of the country that mm. you shouldn't have disturbed, and yeah. now the country's mad at you. <laughs> Which I yeah, like. I do like that. Yeah, the the elements part of it is much yeah. cooler. That's what I kept like nice. just in reading some stuff. That's the like elemental mummy is yeah. how this guy's referred to as. Because nice. all the other mummy movies are, it's just a shambling guy. Yeah, he's gonna guy slap you when you die. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really clear. I don't even remember how the original mummy kills guys. But you he doesn't really. He's just kind of like suave right. and smart. But then just cool. the future mummies aren't that original mummy. It's like another oh, mummy with okay. a different name that they bring back. And like, oh, this is the guy who's wrapped up and oh, shambling okay. after you. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot more. It's it's much more like you do not forget the way people die in mm. this movie. Nope. <laughs> they are all horrifying. <laughs> a lot of bug-based deaths. Bug-based, a lot of dehydration. Yes. My ultimate fear, so that's... <laughs> you've, you've drank a lot of water yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> Again, if I ever end up in the middle of the desert, I'd rather... Ardeth Bay, please put an arrow through me. <laughs> 
I don't. I'm not interested. Well, in he'll take that huge air ca- aircraft machine gun yeah. and just blow you away. That is so funny. He's having a fucking. Bl- oh, <laughs> I realize so where he's supposed to die. He's like, go on, like he's yeah. the, holding back the flood of new mummies or whatever. Yep, yeah. and then he's just like at the end, just like, hey guys, hey, yeah. and he shows up in the. <laughs> he's got a machine gun in one hand that he ripped off the biplane. <laughs> God, that guy's so, so cool. cool. He's so cool and handsome. Let's give him a machine gun. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. <laughs> well, now it is time to take La Momie and pair it with uh, something as just a recommendation or a double bill. Yes. Whatever you feel like. And uh, I would love you to take it away and let me know your thoughts on uh, what you'd put with this guy. I'm very excited about this one because it's two of my favorite movies. Ooh. So I'm going to double bill The Mummy, which is like the trash version of this where it's like <laughs> running around trying to solve a problem and like you don't belong in this environment. You're trying your best to like, oh no, we didn't know what we were doing and we fucked it up. Go back and fix it, fix it, fix it. Um, and having to like learn from your mistakes and like get your crew together and whatever and you're each good. It, like a little part of it or whatever it is um i'm going to pair it with another movie about a woman who is just trying to do science as best she can and like figure out what's going on so that she can stop a question mark bad thing from happening uh because of a uh entirely unfamiliar antagonist question mark this is getting so specific but so vague <laughs> and yet you can't I place cannot it, place can it you? <laughs> i'm going to pair it with arrival from 2016 very good. Yes, yeah. very good. <laughs> so it's the like the mummy really when you think about it it's not his fault that the plagues happened that's the fault of the magi because they cursed yeah. him he's not bringing the plagues per se he's just up and about to find his girlfriend yeah he's just trying to wife guy it i guess if there's one lesson we learned it's Kill adulterers. Don't yeah. don't <laughs> curse them. Do forever. not curse them. Simply murder them if you're if you must. If you have to do something. Do not tear out their tongues. Mm-hmm. That's never going to help. Um, yeah, and the aliens that come in arrival. Mm. Spoilers, I guess. Um, <laughs> sorry. They, well, they arrive. They arrive. Yeah, it's about an arrival. Um, they are not. They are very imposing just mm-hmm. by their nature, but like. It's not like they're trying to bring death and destruction. We're sort of doing that all on our own. We're we're overreacting. It's yeah. a movie of people overreacting to finding out about something and then trying their best with like, mm-hmm. okay, we tried this and it didn't work. Like just being out of your element, you know. Um, and it all comes back to like, okay, let's let's. Um, oh, there's a phrase for this. Uh, let's reframe our hypotheses or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's honestly, it's just like the scientific method, the movie. One is like, <laughs> yeah, fun, swords, a machine gun. gun. <laughs> yeah. bam, bam, bam. <laughs> but it really does come down to like, we did not, we didn't interpret what they were saying correctly. Mm. Now we have to go back and fix it knowing what we know. Mm. Um, and Arrival is just such a good, like it, it is about a, a scientist who has to kind of, find her place and like kind of take charge of of something that she started and yep and, take responsibility for it yeah mm-hmm. and forge relationships with like her her crew who don't really do things the same way that she does and so they have to learn to work together and like it's about encountering this this force that you don't have any frame of reference for and mm. and one is like fun popcorn like <laughs> RAF biplane crash sand tornado and one is like would you have a child if you knew it wasn't going to survive 
they're different movies. They're, but yes, I think quite. they are just like, they're about someone trying their best to understand. Mm. That's what I think. I like that. That's nice. Thank you. I also like that movie a lot. So you're very, you're very much playing to your crowd. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would go over well. It's also just a good excuse to rewatch Arrival. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Love burgeoning it. hotties in that movie. Not really burgeoning. No, they're established, established hotties. hotties. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy Renner is nothing going on upstairs, but he's a good looking <laughs> man. And uh, Amy Adams, of course. Gorgeous of course. woman. Yeah. Yep. I forget who else. Forrest Whitaker Forrest is in Whitaker's that. In there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a Bradley Whitford type. Yes. If that's your bag. <laughs> a startling recreation. Yeah. Of... <laughs> Not Bradley Whitford, but an astounding recreation. Over to you. Okay. Well, I am... Uh... Really going for the universal monster side of it more than anything. Solid. Which is, this is, uh, we we know this isn't like big art movie, The Mummy. This is <laughs> this is your popcorn flick. It's You're the, not supposed to think differently about your life after you come out of it. Yeah, so I'm going to go by my old standby of it's older, so therefore it's the artier version. Okay. Uh, but I like the, like the classic element scourge crossing a country or countries and okay. gobbling people up in its wake. Um, <laughs> I'm going to program this with something that just had its 100th anniversary, Nosferatu from F.W. Oh, Murnau. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. Because the yeah. thing that I don't think I knew before I saw Nosferatu is that um, this is potentially not correct, but they... The I know that they didn't want to pay to license Bram Stoker's Dracula when they made this movie, so they did something that was just like kind of sort like of. It. Yeah, <laughs> he's not Count Dracula; he's Count Orlock. Yeah, he's from Transylvania. Yeah. One. <laughs> I heard it from a farmer. It's yeah. not Bram's. <laughs> yeah, but so it's a real suspiciously conveniently similar story. <laughs> uh, like you're not allowed to be within a hundred feet of the <laughs> real Dracula type of deal. Yeah, but uh, it's where like. For me, this is the mummy that I remember. This is the big elemental magic mummy. Sure. The same way that, like, the vampires we think of when we think of vampires, they're Nosferatu. They're not Draculas. Because, like, yeah, Dracula that's, that's isn't affected by the sun, really. No, he's just a guy. He's he just goes a guy to parties. in the sun. Yeah. yeah. And he's uh, rich for some reason. <laughs> yep. Uh, but Nosferatu is where we get the, like, a vampire can be killed by the sun. That's where that comes from. Right, and all your good mummy slash vampire tropes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, yeah, it, Dracula has, oh, I'm going to turn everybody to be on my side. Nosferatu yeah. is, no, I'm just killing people. Yeah. <laughs> I need them to live. Yeah. So he, he just literally consumes people. Like, the very different, not very yeah. different, but, like, different enough takes that, like, it feels, uh, and the big thing that I was like, oh yeah, Nosferatu is supposed to be either a metaphor or right. literally depicted as the plague. Yeah, Crossing right. things like. Oh, I always assumed it was, um, oh, what's the one, consumption? That was like big in England at the time? No, because this is supposed to be taking place solely in Germany for the, the oh, most part. And sure. it, the, Crossing it is... on boats, bringing, okay. Yeah, and okay. it's supposed to, All they right. keep calling it like the pestilence and stuff, but yeah. it's supposed to be the Black Death. Is the idea. So this is like... Yeah, you get boils on you. Yep. You've got... Okay. So he is oh, he is today. bringing a new plague with him. Right. Across <laughs> yes, yeah. plagues! And just all sorts of That's like... Rad. Cool special effects that never existed before. True. Yeah. And very like the, the spooky part is the... Is the atmosphere of like... I was here before, but now something's changed. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't know what's around the corner. Yeah. Nice. And I also wanted to pair these two together because Nosferatu came out 
uh, I think four months before they open King Tut's tomb. Oh fuck! That's so, like that's a real Whoops. just tie it all together. Like that expedition so is weird. happening. Well, yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's true. Someone is holding a shovel yeah. when that movie came out. That yeah. yeah would later open a tomb. So Nosferatu helps to change. Oh, I didn't say the full title. Sorry, Nosferatu. Oh, oh fuck! A symphony, symphony of, of horror. horror. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when it, it's very quaint by today's standards. Nosferatu colon a symphony of horror. <laughs> That's like when, the book report ass fucking that title. That should replace Electric Boogaloo for the go-to <laughs> sequel title thing. Oh, that's what I'm using now. Yeah, <laughs> Symphony of Horror. But yeah, that Nosferatu helped to change yeah. the horror landscape in the same way that The Mummy's Curse would then change the horror landscape. So nice! Is, yeah. oh, mm, so I'm going to call that. this Double Bill the horror landscape. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, rope of Sand. <laughs> uh, Symphony of Horror. Yeah, <laughs> that's my book report. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Definitely the artier one, I think, not just because it's older. It's definitely it's, a, like, yeah, German expressionism. That's what I was going to say, yeah. It's, yeah. You're, you're meant to be spooked by shadows more. Yeah. Lots after. of, yeah, very cool shadow effects. and Yeah. yeah very spooky. Max Shrek looks scary in it. That dude. Oh, speaking of, like, an apocryphal, like, <laughs> did this actually kill a lot of people? A lot of people were convinced that Max Shrek was a literal vampire. Yeah. That dude is terrifying looking. <laughs> And he would always, like, hang out in makeup on set, and he's, like, seven feet tall, and, like, yeah, he's not a vampire, but, like, probably someone said something at a party. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, now broken telephone, spooked. like, he really looks like a vampire. He's Spirit really a vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that'll about do it for this installment of uh, Gartbidge, talking about uh, La Momie. That's what I was searching for. I wanted to say La Momie one more time. <laughs> Once more. <laughs> uh, so... Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Help more people find the show. Everybody loves the mummy, so uh, yeah. send them our way to talk about it. <laughs> and we're looking for Egyptologists and CG artists to comment yes, on. What one we... more time, yeah. <laughs> Please give us your give us your brains. You can reach us at uh, Gartbidge Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me individually at Dick R Navis. You can find Aaron at Mecklebase M A C L E B A S S on Twitter. Hurrah! <laughs> Uh, and with that, I hope that you will join us next time for another pile of garbage. Garbage.